Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Wench Bench, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives. My name is Allison. And my name is Fonda. And today, Fonda is going to be talking about Samus. Yes, I am. Video game character woman lady powerhouse. (laughs) So, do you know anything about Samus, by chance? I've played the game a little bit, but that's kind of about it. I've always known it was a girl. Okay, okay. (laughs) See, when I was younger, I didn't. I didn't know. So when I found out, it was like a really cool surprise. Yeah. It made me like her a lot more. (laughs) So before I get into a topic, which isn't going to necessarily be too much about her backstory, like that's going to be the basics. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to kind of talk more about how she's portrayed, especially the history of the sexualization of her character. Because I think that's kind of an important thing to talk about when you're talking about Samus. Samus. Every time I try to say her name, I turn into like a lisp. So I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's just old habits of poor pronunciation die hard with me. No worries. (laughs) So Samus Aaron is an ex-soldier of the Galactic Federation who became an intergalactic bounty hunter and the protagonist of the Metroid series. She is fitted with a powered exoskeleton that is equipped with weapons, and in general, the suit is super freaking cool looking, and I totally played her exclusively on the Super Smash Bros. game for the Nintendo 64. Oh, same. (laughs) Like, that's not... Always picked her, didn't even know she was a chick. I was just like, this person is the shit, and I love whoever this person is. I never played any of the Metroid games prior to that, just because I didn't own a console for any of them. Mm -hmm. So I only got introduced through Super Smash Bros. Nice. But she's still cool. Yes, very cool. I played a little bit of the games. We never actually owned any ourselves, but I had a lot of guy friends who would play them. So I'd go over there to use their video games. (laughs) (laughs) I've done the same. Same across the board. Uh, So the first video game in the series, Metroid, came out in 1986 for Nintendo's NES system. The most popular game for the series is Super Metroid, which came out for the Super NES in 1994 which is followed by Metroid Zero Mission for Game Boy Advance, which came out in 2004, and Metroid Prime for GameCube back in 2002. So those are like the top games of the Metroid series. Okay. And kind of like the Zelda series, while Samus is the protagonist for the Metroid science fiction adventure game, the series is not named after her. The name comes from the parasitic energy-draining organisms she fights called Metroids. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. (laughs) I know, but it's also weird because I remember being younger, like, tangent, but for Zelda, thinking Link wasn't the main character. Oh, yeah. Because it confused me because it's called a legend, like, Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Which makes me think it's all about Zelda, but you're Link who's trying to help Zelda, which is fine. But as a kid, you don't, you know, like, your brain is like, okay, the title of the game is normally named after the main character. Yeah, like movies like and everything Sonic else. Like Sonic and Kirby, Mario, like, anyways. 
tangent just confused the shit out of me. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so she is well known as one of the earliest female protagonists in video game history and has remained a popular character since her first appearance. She was designed by Hiroji Kiyotake, something super cool interesting about the development of the Samoth was that the series co-creator Yoshio Sakamoto recalled in an interview that, and I quote, we were partway through the development process when one of the staff members said, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool if it turned out that this person inside the suit was a woman? Which led to the developers voting on the concept and it passed. (laughs) Awesome. It would be kind of cool. And it was. (laughs) It was, which leads into the next bit. The game's construction manual refers to Samus as if she were male to obscure her real gender until the end of the game. Sakamoto also noted in the same interview that during the course of the Metroid series, developers constantly tried to express Samus's femininity without sexually objectifying her, which is cool, but sadly... And later, more recent games, she is often seen as sexualized when she is not wearing her exocells and suit of armor. Yeah. Especially in the newer Smash Bros. games. Yeah. I'll get wah, to that wah. later. But I want to talk about how cool she is. Yes. In 2009, Game Daily called Samoth the video game industry's first dominant female, a femme de force that didn't rely on a man to save her. Ooh, I like that term. Femme de force. Femme de force. Love it. Ah, Game Daily. Quoting you on that for future things. Femme de force. Yes. Uh, So something to note about the portrayal of her throughout the games is her personality hasn't really been explored in depth within the content of the games itself. Mainly her personality and a lot of things about her are explored in other medias. Like there's a manga about her. Um, She came up in, I think, a a small, very short-lived like anime. Oh, cool. But in the series itself, especially early on, her as a character wasn't explored. Uh, apparently it was a decision by Nintendo to help the player imagine themselves better as the in-game character. Yeah. Which makes makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But the most notable games in the series that help to give insight into her personality are Metroid Fusion, Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, and Metroid Other M. Oh. Mm -hmm. Which she is often depicted as a melancholic, heroic loner of few words. And despite her tragic origins, Samoth has been shown to have unparalleled willpower, resourcefulness, succeeding where thousands have failed, and stopping at nothing to save the galaxy from any threat that may arise! (laughs) I had to read that in a dramatic telling, I'm so sorry. It's all good. Basically, just an all-around badass. Yeah, and she's really compassionate. She is often shown in early games, and even when, like, these other three games I mentioned that developed her personality more, she's shown as being very compassionate, and she stands up to protect those that can't protect themselves. Oh, nice. Which ties into the fact that it is well known that she has PTSD. Oh. Because she witnessed her mother's death... At the hands of her arch nemesis, Ridley. Okay. Which, 
to know more about it. Ridley is a high-ranking space pirate, and they have clashed several times, especially since the massacre of the K2L colony, which is a colony that Samoth was born on and where her mother died. Wow. Yeah, so since witnessing the death, I guess uh, when she first comes across the battle to get to Ridley the very first time, she ends up having like a giant anxiety attack. Wow. Which is, I think, very interesting to hear about because sometimes in video games it doesn't really come across. Especially early on, I want to know like how they pit- they did that in like a pixel game. Yeah. Like how do you do that, especially because she didn't have a voice actor for so long. Like I wonder how yeah. they did it. Later on, when she got older, I guess because of the game's storytelling, she learned how to cope with the trauma that happened of her mother dying and has learned to now keep back any panic attacks that she might have, as she has really hesitated to do battle with her hated enemies since then, which is really neat because like she still clearly has PTSD, but she's figured out like a way to cope. And figured out some sort of, maybe it's like a mantra, I have no idea, how she calms herself before battle so she doesn't get anxiety attacks. But, like, I think that's a cool thing to know because I always viewed her as being, like, this really powerful, badass babe in this awesome exoskeleton suit of armor. But yet she's still a person and has, like most people, anxiety, panic attacks, and she has PTSD. Yeah. It's really neat because, like, I'm just realizing that I don't actually know that much about the character. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, I've played the games and I've, like, done that. I haven't played them extensively or anything. But, yeah, I just, I haven't realized that I never really looked into it. But this is all super cool. And, yeah, I'm glad that they put something so relatable for a character. Especially, I think, for a character that's in any type of war. A lot of... Things won't really touch on that, even though it's a super common thing to happen. Yeah. Especially because when you think about the fact that in the first game, no one knew she was a woman until you completed the game when she took off her helmet. Yeah. Right? Like, it makes me wonder if the impact was more meaningful for people when she showed moments of weakness. Because at least, like, it's a... Video games are male-dominated. There are a lot of women who play games, but it's a male-dominated industry. And I kind of wonder what the effect was like for men to play a game not knowing she was a woman yet. Finding out that she has, like, she's super awesome, she's super badass, has PTSD and an anxiety attack. Like, I wonder if before they found out, if they were just like, oh, that's, like, powerful and meaningful and if that effect changed when they found out she was a woman or not, because oftentimes, like, I feel like characters that are women in video games, even if they have something that's, like, real emotional and raw that anyone can go through, mm-hmm. I wonder if it would then make her be viewed as weak instead of having a moment of weakness. Because there's those are two different things. Yes. Being a weak individual and just being a normal person who has moments of weakness. Yeah, I'd be curious how uh, how a guy took that. Um, especially because, like you said, a lot of times female characters are not given the... They're not given the opportunity to have feelings of weakness or moments of pain or sadness 
without having people automatically think that that's down to their like whole character. Whereas I think if maybe we had more male characters that showed those same kind of emotions, because believe it or not, men have feelings too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Surprising, right? (laughs) I never knew that. (gasps) But I think if, again, making wishes like we love to do... If we had more male characters having those same kinds of moments, I think it would be less stigmatized for female characters to have those moments Mm -hmm. because they are very human. And I know PTSD is a horrible thing to have to try and deal with and find a proper way to cope because anything can really set you off. And especially if it's during battle, I mean, watch any war movie that actually deals with that kind of stuff. I mean, even watch an Avengers movie. (laughs) Tony Stark. Yeah, watch Tony Stark dealing with PTSD. Like, it's it's a really important topic to talk about, and I'm glad that they allowed a female character to be one of the kind of first video game characters, it sounds like, to actually deal with this in a a more, like, public and in-canon way. Yeah. I, I don't know, obviously, I don't know, like like most people, we don't know every single female character that's ever existed in anything for context <laughs> of, like, figuring stuff out. I'm sure there's tons of other female characters in games that have had it. But just, like, witnessing my husband play games, oftentimes there's either, like, a strong badass woman who's just cold and viewed as a bitch instead mm-hmm. of just being a strong woman who's probably just withholding her emotions because she needs to. And then if you do see a woman who's showing emotions, she's just, I don't think, taken as seriously sometimes. Yeah. Either through the context of the game itself or just through players. I'm not sure. But I definitely like knowing that this was like a choice that was given. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, she has PTSD. The first time she battled Ridley when she was younger trying to defeat him. Did it go well? She had a panic attack, and since then, have to learn how to be stronger from it. Yeah. Like, the f- I'm not sure what game that exactly happened in or where it was touched on, but I would hope it could have been like an impactful moment where maybe you are playing as her, and then all of a sudden you f- you come across your arch nemesis who killed your mother in front of you, and like, what if the game just stops allowing you to play because mm-hmm. like she's having a panic attack and her body won't move the way you want her to because of the panic attack. Mm -hmm. I would like to know how it was played. If anyone knows, please tell me (laughs) because there's too many games and I'm not going to buy all these old consoles and all these old games to play through everything. So too many games, not enough time. (sighs) I already don't have enough time to do other things. I know, (laughs) but it's nice to hear that it was actually a conscious decision Because, as I think we've probably talked about in a couple other ones, a lot of the things that people find really forward-thinking and cool about female characters were kind of by accident. Yeah. (laughs) And were figured out and talked about by fans who were like, oh, like, 
I got this out of it. And then other people are like, oh, me too. Whereas the writer didn't intend that at all. Yeah. So hearing it was actually a conscious decision was really awesome. I know. It was cool. Now and to get to something not so cool, <sighs> but is really important to talk about in the uh... context of Samoth, <laughs> which is the history of the sexualization of her character. Yeah. Because you can't really think of or talk about her without thinking of her in the badass suit and being a cool lady or her in her zero suit Samoth outfit mm. and looking overly sexualized. Yeah. Like, you can't have one or the other, unfortunately. You, you get both. So yeah. I need to talk about it. I'm so sorry. Why? Because <laughs> I need to. But I'm going to be using an article to help me. It's a really good article written by Jake Shapiro. It was published in August 2004 on the 21st, and he brings up a lot of points. It was a really good read. I'm using uh, some of his points to support my own. So just a heads up, go read his article. It's really good. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. So the sexualization of Samoth is always specifically in the context of Zero Suit Samoth, which, for those who don't know, is what the fans and Nintendo use when referring to Samoth when she is without her awesome exoskeleton. Originally, she was only ever portrayed outside the suit at the end of each game, and it makes sense why she has an entirely different outfit underneath the suit, because... Well, one, why would you go into a suit like that naked? Yeah. Obviously Two, not. Like, we've all seen movies and stuff where someone has an exoskeleton. They're wearing something underneath it. So it makes sense that she has something for it. I mean, astronauts do, too. Like, they have their little other suit under their um, actual space suit. Yeah. Space suit. <laughs> you look so confused about that. <laughs> I forgot the word for space suit. <laughs> That's fine. I forget words all the time. <laughs> but another thing about it is I think the fact that she has this suit and you see her without her power suit humanizes her a bit more. Because you view her as like a a person who can do these cool things with the help of a suit. Yeah. And you like view like, oh, it's a part, like it's a woman, right? Like you're like, wow. So it makes sense. Yet, as of this past decade... She has been portrayed with ridiculous proportions and over-sexualized bodysuits and high heels. Why? Allison. High, high heels, Allison. Why? <laughs> to quote Jake Shapiro, uh. removing Samus's armor to reveal her gender at the end of Metroid was a statement of female empowerment that surprised many players who assumed they had been playing as a man the entire time, end quote. Yet, it has become a staple in the series that the better you perform, aka how quickly can you complete this game, the more of her attire she removes. And that attire doesn't stop at removing her power suit. In most games, if you finish in an hour, she will completely strip down into a bikini type of outfit. Uh. So it's really hard to feel that this feminist statement, when as of late, it feels like a clear objectification of women catering to the hetero male dominated gaming culture. Because it is. Men. But I'm just saying, it fucking 
fucking sucks. Because uh, it's, yeah, like the first time it happens, it's like awesome. Woman. <laughs> Woman, like so cool. And it does that. It challenges you to be like, holy shit, like I was probably putting myself in her shoes. Probably a dude putting himself in her shoes. Yeah, it makes you question your built-in beliefs. It makes you question the idea of male being standard. Yeah. But then, yeah, to add on that it's like in future games, it's like, oh, yeah, she's just going to get more naked. It's like, so now you're objectifying her. You're stripping away everything that you built. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I know, like, the fact that it's like, oh, the better you fin, like, the quicker you finish the game, she will reward you by stripping down, is it's, basically what it's getting at. Uh, it's, just, <gasps> it's just gross. It's pandering, and it's completely unnecessary. I mean, people are going to try and speed finish video games anyways, just for the ability to say I speed finished it or to you don't get see, other achievements yeah you don't see Mario taking his fucking pants off at the <laughs> end if you finish Super Mario <laughs> Brothers really quick <laughs> I don't want to see Mario in a speedo but my point stands <laughs> what if I did would they give me Mario in a speedo I doubt it <laughs> I don't want it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thankfully, Allison, in the article, Shapiro talks about the Metroid published game called Metroid Prime. I never played it again. Didn't have consoles for it. But it came out in 2002, and it was created by Texas developer Retro Studios. Uh, This game is, according to Shapiro, and I would have to agree after watching playthroughs of the game, quote, Perhaps the most realistic depiction of Samoth Arian, we never see Samoth's face aside from occasional reflections in her helmet's armor, like the visor part. Yeah. And even at the end of the game, we never see her without armor, end quote. Which is true, like at the end when I watched it, you just see her remove her helmet. That's it. Just her helmet. She's still gorgeous. She's strong and thankfully looks like a realistically well-proportioned human being. Awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. It was a great ending. She just takes off your helmet and you're like, look at this strong, gorgeous human being. Yeah. And that's it. I don't need to see her naked. You did it. You won the game. Congratulations. (laughs) Right? Like, ah. Now, do you remember when I mentioned Metroid Other M? Yes. Installment earlier? Yes. So, the one that helped establish her personality a bit more, that one? Mm-hmm. Sadly, it's infamous for... <laughs> I'm so sorry. But it's infamous for its major turning point in the sexualization of her character. <sighs> this game established the basis for Zero Suit Samus that is now often seen in the Super Smash Bros. series... In the Wii U version of the Super Smash Bros. series specifically, she is the most sexualized she has ever been before. She has stiletto heels, a.k.a. jet boots, heavy makeup, and notably enlarged breasts. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a skin-tight suit. You see, like, like, her belly button, 
Like, you know that line when you know a suit is way too skin tight when you see the belly button? Yeah. And it's, it, it's really sad. Where are you going to put jets in a stiletto <laughs> heel? They, they say in the, like, heel part. Because it's Have like it a chalky wedges. heel. It's fine. What's wrong with a stylish wedge? It's kind of a wedge, but like a bad wedge. Let's. T- I'm going to take a momentary pause to show. <laughs> Stylish wedge. <laughs> Fuck why? <laughs> See, that's what it is. They look like fucking moon boots. I mean, just give her moon boots. Just have it be a fucking platform. I don't know. God. It's really bad. <sighs> I know. I'm so upset, <sighs> too. <laughs> <laughs> to continue my, my unfortunate path about this sexualization, because there are a lot of strong cultural differences between Japan and the West, mainly the highly unrealistic sexualization that depicts women being much more commonplace in Japanese game design. Yes. To, uh... Yeah. There's a game series called Xenoblade. I've heard of it. Never seen it. I don't want you to, because the design and outfit choice, Allison, that they pick for all their female characters that are also weapons, like they're swords and then they're not swords, is really, really bad. I'll show you later. But it's just, it's so sad because Japanese culture has given us arguably some of my favorite depictions of female heroines without sexualization or with sexualization in a way that's like normal. Like take Sailor Moon, for example, there is sexualization in it, but it's not in like a dirty way. And I have been recently watching uh, Studio Ghibli movies. And the female characters in those stories are complicated and brave and emotional and incredible. So, like, I remember watching those when I was a little girl. And you get this incredible, like, well-rounded character that you connect with. And so they've get like Jap- Japan has given me so much, <laughs> and it also takes so much away. <laughs> no, to quote Hayao Miyazaki, anime was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> One of his best quotes by far. Anime was a mistake. I love you, Miyazaki. <laughs> God, he, that man gives no shits. He doesn't. He, he, oh, he is perfection. There's that video of the guy who, like, had the program that made that creepy thing, like, walk. Oh. That, like, created the thing. And he was, like, done with it. He's like, no, this is terrible. This is the worst thing that has ever been created. That is not life. And he just, like, shit all over it. And all of the, like, the men who created the program were just, like, dying and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And then he he had made, like, some speech at somebody's, um, I think it was somebody's retirement. Like, a a fellow animator, maybe. I'm butchering this story. But basically... 
everybody was praising his work and Miyazaki got up there and was just like, he got lazy. He got like complacent. His later work was nowhere near his beginning work. <laughs> and he just like basically called him like shitty <laughs> at his retirement. <laughs> Cause he's like, you gave up. Like, and I'm just like, oh shit! You're like Sam Miyazaki, <laughs> standing a, up for artistic this purity. Snaps, snaps, snaps. So yeah, oh, it it does. Suck. Anime was a mistake, <laughs> <laughs> but it just like it does suck so much because like like you said, I love like I want to go to Japan. Like one of my dream places to go is Japan. Same, but I know that there's so many things about. The culture, not even of just of Japanese video games, and it's not all game developers, but no. it's just a common theme that unfortunately comes out a lot in Japanese games and anime and manga with a male gaze in mind is the sexualization of their female characters. And yeah. sometimes it can be in a positive way when I'm thinking of some characters who I'm like yes they're a sexual character but not for the men like this could be a sexual character just because that's who she is as a person yeah she's open about her sexuality like I don't mind that but if you were to give me a female character who's catered to a male experience and a male audience I more often than not, really dislike how that female character turns out. Yeah. And that's not the shit on Japan at all. Like, if we look at games that come out of the United States, like, there's also a lot of overly sexualized female characters as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, I think that the cultural differences of Japan in the West is it's now a lot more commonplace. Because if I'm to quote uh, Shapiro again, Nintendo is taking for granted the fact that it's got one of the oldest, strongest female protagonists in video game history on its hands. But the company doesn't seem to be interested in Metroid without the sexualized Zero Suit Samoth because they're making bank off of it because it shows that people are interested in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I've played Zero Suit Samoth in the new Smash Bros. series because I like her moveset. But it yeah. pains me every time I have to look. Because <laughs> there's like a bikini sports version, too. And it's just Fuck like... off. I know. Stop. I'm like, why? Stop, Fonda. Specifically. I'm so- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. It just keeps getting like you just keep digging the hole deeper and it's I I know, I know, I know, I don't mean to, but I need to talk about it because it's important. I know. Because I personally believe that Samus still represents female empowerment. She does in the male dominated gaming landscape. But like with most things, this often ties in with sexualized designs that pander to the male gaze. Like, for example, you and I recently watched Birds of Prey. Yes, we did. Freaking fantastic movie. We'll talk about it another time. But (laughs) anyone that has seen Suicide Squad Harley, who is a lady, not like she was a really, I liked her in the movie. I thought she was badass. 
I personally didn't enjoy her costume just because I was like, that doesn't look comfortable. No. But like, I was like, whatever, you know, like I will, I will forget about it. But she was very sexualized. Yet when you look at the recent movie that was directed by like women Mm -hmm. and like Margot Robbie even helped produce it. Yes. The sexualization of her in the movie loads different in how it comes across. Yes. She, the costumes she's wearing still, to me, feel like Harley Quinn. She's still showing a lot of skin. Yeah, she's still being a sexy character, in my mind. Yeah. It, and, like, she's still being badass, and she can still do badass things in heels. Oh, yeah. Like... Conservative wedges, though. Cons- yes. Conservative wedges. <laughs> if we ever have, like sticker merch i feel like one of them's gonna be conservative wedges yes (laughs) but like when i think of strong empowered female video game characters like i do think of laura croft i think she's incredibly strong was she really sexualized with the big pointy boobs in the earlier games yeah (laughs) yeah but like in the newer games she is amazing. They've they've so good. They've come leaps and bounds. And I think that's the difference between western culture is we know we need to be- get better than what we have been doing and we're trying to tackle those things. But in Japan, unfortunately, I think it's a lot harder to do that. Mm-hmm. Just because their norms are different. And that's nothing against Japan, like it takes different people, different communities, different cultures a lot longer to do certain things in others. Like, Japan is loads ahead of us in terms of technology. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. like, their hygiene. They don't have trash cans on their street. Yeah. Because no one walks around with garbage and throws in places. You eat in a place, you throw your garbage in a place, and you walk around the street. There's no garbage in Japan. Well, I'm sure there's garbage, but you know what I mean. Like, it's a clean place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Versus, <laughs> like, here we have garbage trash issues on our streets all the time yeah so like different strokes for different folks you know what i mean like yeah. you're gonna be better with <laughs> empowering female video game characters they will get there yeah just with time and i want samoth to be there already because she's so cool and i want there to be a newer game for her because she hasn't had a newer game in a long time yeah in, in my opinion that i've been able to play on a console i own <laughs> besides like being on like super smash bros Mm -hmm. and i would like to see that when the time comes where she has a newer game i really hope that she is portrayed as badass as i know she is yeah and still being humanized as a woman because earlier on they had this amazing idea allison where they said that they wanted to express her femininity without sexually objectifying her. That was a goal that they made in the development of the very first game. Where did it go? I don't know. I want it to come back. I feel like it's on a sticky note somewhere in their office and they've just forgotten about it. Yeah, it's gotten buried by other sticky notes. Yeah. (laughs) And I want someone to find it and be like, this is the golden Easter egg. Yeah. You know? I also feel like they're not really giving enough credit to men either no like they're assuming all men want to see that in there i'm i know as a lady not gonna lie i love seeing hot women yes but they don't have to be hot in an uncomfortably skin tight stiletto jet boot outfit yeah and honestly 
men will find a lot of things sexual when they're not. You don't have to make it overtly sexual. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to put her in a bikini to have people still being attracted to them. I'm attracted to people sometimes in a ton of clothing. There's that scene in the trailer for Wonder Woman where she has the wings and she, like, drops them off. And it's just, oh, my God. She's fully clothed. fully clothed in, like, head-to-toe armor. And it's, like, the sexiest thing I've ever seen. Like... (laughs) Yep, yep. it's, It's not necessary. And to... Assume? To assume that your male audience... Is that basic? That, like, they wouldn't buy the game still if she didn't get naked at the end? I think is saying some really bad things about men in general. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think about it that way, that it's like, you really think that that's all these guys want from this game? Because I don't. Yeah, they bought the game originally thinking it was a man, and they played it and enjoyed it and got surprised that it was a badass woman. Yeah, like, I have I have more respect for men than that. <laughs> I know! Like, <laughs> I mean, like, there's shitty people no matter what gender you are, but to assume that one entire gender only wants the sex. <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. They're horny, but so is anybody. <laughs> and well, that's what the media has been feeding us for generations now. Is that it? Yeah. Like, is that that's all that men want? That's that's all that men care about. But it's not. Since the media has been feeding us that, that should be the beginning. That should be where we start to change it. I'm so sorry I put you down a rabbit hole. I, I know <sighs> this. Normally we have a very positive conversation. But like, in most of the things I was discussing and like the research I was finding, I was like, wow, I forgot how sexualized she was. And it's just an important thing I thought we should talk about because she is so badass, but she's so iconic for being like a really great character who's strong and could be so much more than what they're making her out to be. Yeah. Being sexualized in games. I think we're going to run into that a lot. I know. I know, Allison. I know. <laughs> oh, like Harley Quinn. We could talk loads about Harley Quinn being sexualized. No, there's no. so much. But like for as big an impact as Samus made, her character doesn't have that much time. Like we don't have that much actual content to talk about the good and the bad and to find all of the extra good. There's a lot of bad, but with something like Harley Quinn, you have years of stories that you can pick from. You can find the good, and that's what we're going to try and do. But there are things that are important to talk about, things like Handmaid's Tale. I think that talking about those female characters is going to be extremely important. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a real depressing day. I know. I'm not ready. I promise. (laughs) I hope you have cookies for me, because I'm just going to need to chop on something good (laughs) yeah it's gonna be a lot and like there's things like the final girl tropes there's rape revenge movies there is rape as a reason to be better or like um what is it uh sexual assault is not a backstory yeah like it's not something that we should just be throwing around in any movie to be like this is why this girl's badass now because she was assaulted it's like that's not necessary we don't need that in 
as much media as it's in. Mm -hmm. There are very few horror films that do rape revenge well. And that's because most of them are written by men. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is how a woman that this happened to would react. And it's like, you have no idea. Women can react to those kinds of things in extremely different ways. And using it as some sort of trope is not okay. Yeah. But unfortunately, this is the kind of media that we as women are given. (laughs) And then we're going to talk about the incredible things. The incredible characters who have made leaps and bounds. The trans women characters, like... I don't know of any non-binary characters off the top of my head because I'm bad at names. But, (laughs) (laughs) like, we are going to find those characters that have made us so happy and so proud to be women. And we're going to talk about them till our fucking ears fall off. (laughs) I know. And I'm so excited for it. Because, again, like, the reason I want to talk about Samoth is because when I found out she was a woman as a young girl, I was so excited. Like, all I wanted to do was play her games and be her in Super Smash Bros. Because I was like, I feel really cool being this character and being able to play this character that I had thought was a man and still had fun playing, but it was in a different context. Yeah. Sometimes things can be just as important that are small as just being like, oh, this girl in a suit is a lady and she fights all these really weird aliens. Like, that's really cool. Like, as a kid, I don't really need to go any deeper than that than just the fact that it impressed me because I didn't have it prior. Yeah. Because everything else I had for video games was like Kirby, Mario. There was an Aladdin video game I played. Pokemon. Yeah. And Donkey like, Kong. Like, yeah. And, like, and again, Legend of Zelda. I thought I was going to be Zelda at one point, and I kept getting the opposite. I kept being <laughs> Link, which is fine. He's cool, too. But, like, I was like, they are... Zelda's a badass in those games. Why can't I be her? I know. I'm just going to pause. <laughs> and... I think one of the biggest things that Samus did is she is the best reference for, like, non-feminized armor. Like... Yes! She... Like, her armor actually does what it's supposed to do. It is designed to be tactical. It is designed to keep her safe. It is actually designed to be armor. It's not designed to push her boobs up. (laughs) I know! And, like, show her cleavage or, like, not have a place to cover her vital organs on her stomach. You want to look at something and you can look at that armor and after you know that it's a woman, you're like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, you can see, like, the little bit bigger on the top with, like, the smaller waist and, like, the little bit wider hips. Like, you can kind of see a more feminine body type there and you're like awesome and I think in the later games they kind of play it up a little bit more but it's never to a point where you lose the actual need for the armor and it's so cool it's like awesome they designed actual armor armor (laughs) (laughs) and I wish I could make armor because like that's so cool I see all the cosplays and stuff of the people dressing up as her and it's just like oh it looks so cool it looks amazing (sighs) I know, Allison, I know. To end on a positive note, one of my favorite things ever about Samoth is the bloop sound she makes when she turns into that really tiny ball and she drops Uh, a bomb. Yeah. (laughs) 
I overuse that so much in Smash Bros. I'm always like, bloop, bloop, bloop. And I don't even care. It's the best thing ever. It's amazing what sticks with you. Right? So that's why I love Samoth. So, Allison, before we end off the show, what are you excited about right now? Right now? It's been a while since we've recorded together, so I have, like, a million things. So I decided to, like, condense it all into just (laughs) women ensemble movies. Okay, okay. And how we are getting so many more of them with Birds of Prey. Yeah, We got our first all-female team-up movie in superheroes, which is, like, awesome, directed by an Asian woman produced by a bunch of women, like... Written and directed uh, and... uh. (laughs) I could go on and on about that movie. It's incredible. (laughs) And, uh, like, Little Women, the new one, they actually... Like, the story behind that movie and the woman who actually wrote the book and how much she actually wanted to put in there, but all of the male... At the time, when she was trying to get the book published, she had to change a bunch of things... Because of the world that she lived in, and the male produ- and the male um, publishers were like, no, she has to get married at the end. They basically made her change a bunch of things, and so in this newest version of the movie, I think that they put in a bunch more of the actual like feminist points and topics that were intended but weren't actually able to be put into the original book, which the writer had actually talked about. That's actually her least favorite book she's ever written, and it's probably her most famous. And, oh, God, there's just so many. Like, the all-female Ghostbusters one. And, like, just, like, Ocean's 8. Like, we're getting... Ocean's 8! Ocean's 8! Ocean's (laughs) 8! We're finally getting movies that have had all-male... The all-male ensemble movies are, like, everywhere, like everywhere and we're finally getting some and it's amazing and uh there's another one that was like a horror movie a weird horror movie that i watched called assassination nation which is incredible it's about like four teenage girls and a bunch of people in their town in this fictional town got like all of their information leaked on the internet so that's like photos that's text messages that's emails and then everything goes like purge territory like there's murder and mayhem everywhere one of the four teenage girls is a trans woman who is badass and awesome and there's this really weird point because she hooks up with one of the like football players or something he's a sports guy and a jock and a jock and so after his information gets leaked everybody finds out that he took hooked up with the trans woman and so people's transphobia jumps in and they're all like oh my god and so his like sports friends are trying to like make him kill her essentially because everything went crazy everybody's killing everybody so they're like well no like to prove that you're still a man you have to kill her but at no point do they ever misgender her (laughs) so it's the weirdest (laughs) like step forward like, they never misgender her, which is wild, because they, like, are still being transphobic because they're, like, shaming him for hooking up with her, but then he changes his mind, and, like, he's like, no, like, I don't want to kill you. I actually like you a lot. So... Oh. <laughs> this is really, like, 
fucked up, weirdly sweet <laughs> moment. And it's just, it's a fascinating movie all about the idea of privacy and the the pressures we put, especially on teenage girls. And if you like movies like The Purge, watch Assassination Nation. <laughs> Give it a shot. Assassination Nation. It's on Prime Video. <laughs> it's on Prime. <laughs> But it's it's a fun time. So I just love getting, yeah, like horror movies. Like, gosh, it's all just, I love it. Female ensemble movies. <laughs> Allison's like, yes, yes, this is it. I love these things. Yeah, give me not watered down girl power. Because as much as I love Spice Girls. I want the raw vodka. Give me the strong shit, Jimmy. Give me the powerful women. Don't water it down. I can take it. Like, yeah. I just, I love that shit. I want it. I do, too. Yes. Aggressive yesing. Yeah, so I had to, like, combine a bunch of those together. I don't blame you. And uh, my I just took my husband to go see... Uh, Birds of Prey. So he also enjoyed it. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's such a good movie. I can't wait for us to get to the point where we could talk about it. I'm so sad, though, because it's not doing well. But because they really want to do a Gotham City Sirens movie. Mm. And then they want to do a Birds of Prey versus the Gotham City Sirens. Oh, So they want to make it like yeah. a trilogy. And I want it so bad because Gotham City Sirens would, I imagine, bring in Catwoman and Poison Ivy. And they want to explore Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy's relationship. That's what I've wanted since day one. And I want it. And I really hope that this just does good enough that they will get the go-ahead. I know Margot Robbie wants to do that, so hopefully she'll keep producing. And I just... Because that's just more female powerhouse movies. Like... Oh. It's all, it's all I want. It's all anyone wants. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Uh, okay. All right, everybody. You can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. You can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at wenchbenchpod. And if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at wenchbenchpod at gmail.com. All the art for the Wench Bench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Reekin. You can find her on Twitter at Wervile. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.